Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the top dog, Hanford Dixon, ex-Cleveland Browns player. You are now in the dog pound. Boop, boop. Hello, Cleveland Browns fans. We are in the dog pound. This is your QB, Mike Tomzak, along with my running back. Ham, Ham, I'm sorry, running back. I'm sorry, Leroy Horde. And also Hanford Dixon playing the defensive side. Frank Stam bringing it to you in the back end. We're absent without Eric Metcalf tonight. But I'm welcoming you guys in because we got some stories to talk about. And we also have some criticism right now. Last week, we thought that they were an upward swing, even though they set back against the L.A. Chargers. And then what happens? You called it, Leroy. Bill Belichick came to town, and he shut that running game down. Yeah, I think, I think one of the things, though, is here's what you have to understand about Bill Belichick. He's going to do something to you to get you to break what you do best. So he's going to make it seem like I'm doing everything I can to stop the run. But if you had powered through, you realize our running backs and our offensive line are better than what you're putting out there to stop it, and it don't matter what you do. And we saw glimpses of that. But instead, a lot of times as an offense, we get stubborn and we just count bodies. And we take, we take the abilities of our team out of our hands. Being, guess what? We've all seen receivers on our team that even though they were double, double covered, the quarterback could throw it up and they're going to go get it. That's Who cares what the defense is? So there was a lot of points during that game where I'm counting, you know, bodies in the box and they're then dropping back and throwing the ball. And I'm like, periodically, you got to try them. You got to try them even though they have eight men in the box because guess what? Do I trust Jacoby Brissett throwing against one less defender or do I trust Nick Chubb running against a free rusher? Yeah, I you see what I'm saying? That dude doesn't no, lead the league for I, most. I don't, for most. I don't see what you're saying at all. I don't. Why not? I, I'm a slow learner. Well, I'm a, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm remedial. And, and that's know. the difference. And to be honest with you, that's the difference between an offensive guy and a defensive guy. Because <laughs> no, because you think because defenses think that sometimes they can stop a play by alignment, that you can change what the offense does. By alignment, we'll take them out of this play. You know, I, I get what, and you know, I get what you're, I get what you're saying with Belichick. You know, and I agree with you know a couple of things you said in there about exposing uh, a teams. He he does. He he knows. I mean, look at look at the look at the first look at the first half scoring versus the second half scoring. <laughs> they 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 win the first half. I think it was. 10-6. They win the second Correct. half. I wrote it down here. 28-9. It, it, he just he finds a weakness and 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 it's it's all over. The quarterback, this guy Zappy, third stringer, a fourth round pick out of Western Kentucky, throws for over 300 yards. All right. And he, he hits. This is what also is amazing. He hits. He, he, he throws the ball 24 times. Not one receiver had more than four catches. So you talk about spreading it around and, and, and hitting, taking, I mean, it just, it, it, you know, it's, it's masterful. He owns, he owns Stefanski. He owned him last year. He owns him this year. And, you know, you mentioned another comment about stubbornness. And I, and I think Stefanski's there. I was so pissed. I went up to the game. And, you know, the Browns are, were three for five on fourth down. 
You know what the Patriots were on on fourth down? Zero for zero. Yeah. He's not going for it on fourth. And I know one of those passes that he threw was a touchdown on fourth down. But you're down, I think, maybe two or three scores. You got to go for it. But I, in that first half, two things, and I'm going to say one more thing, two more things. That first, I'm watching it in the first quarter. He's got a chance to kick the field goal, take the three points, get off. He he goes for it on fourth down, doesn't get it, and it's a turnover on downs, and he doesn't have he does he doesn't tie the score or he, he doesn't take the lead. The other thing is the second play or the first play of the game wasn't it an interception? J- Jacoby Brissett. Brissett Yes, Under, yeah. undercut the guy. Correct. Yeah, he can't, he's he's throwing it, trying to throw the ball downfield, off play action on the run. That's not what he does. That's not his strength. It was a he, bootleg, Frank. He, right. What's that? It was a bootleg. Yeah. Yeah, bootleg. He can. He. That's not what he does. And I don't know whether it was Stefanski being stubborn. No. Or no, no. 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 That's what he does. That's what he does, Frank. He threw a poor football. He didn't. It's either them or us or nothing. He didn't get the ball all the way out to the perimeter, right? Hamp, that ball yeah. was underthrown. Yeah, you know, and it was it was pretty much uh, kind of in the double coverage too. Exactly. You, yeah, he you threw had. it in the double coverage. Well, yeah. Well, here's the other problem I, though well, that Hamp is. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me, like let me, you saying this in the double coverage, but when you roll a quarterback out to the right, he's very limited in the, as to where he can throw. That's correct. That's correct. He's got uh, he's got a deep coverage. He's probably uh, nine times out of ten, as you know better. You and Mike know better than I do. He's got uh, somebody coming in the flat and probably three primary uh, targets that he's going to throw to. But here's here here's what the way I look at this game, and and I could tell you what, guys. I you know I was very disappointed. I mean, I was very disappointed in this game because I Me thought too. it was a team that we were supposed to beat. I thought it was a team that we have a lot of better athletes. But let's face it, Belichick just outcoached Stefanski. I mean, he just totally, totally outcoached Stefanski. I mean, we played against the third-string quarterback, talking about Zappi. Uh, Frank, his numbers, you're exactly right. I think he was 24 for 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's the key, no interceptions. On third down, they were seven for 14. And, and switching the other side of it, what Belichick did was that he was able to stop the run. I mean, sure, we gave up on it after a certain time, but when we tried to run the football, we stopped the run. Who, If someone would have told you guys that Nick Chubb in this game would have had 12 carries for 56 yards, you'd have pretty much banked the, uh, bet the bank, you, you know, your house on that damn shit, man. What's up? I mean, it, it, it's just crazy right. what happened. Think about this, Hanford. 12, 12 carries for 56 yards is not stopping the run. Yeah, true. They didn't go back to it. They no, didn't go what back I'm to saying, it. But Leroy, right. what I'm saying is, do you remember any big yard, big runs in this game? But that's not here. Here, let's let's be clear about this. What Nick Chubb does and what Kareem Hunt does is wear them down. So you may not have those big time plays in the first quarter. Hell, you might not even have them in the second half. But as them guys start hitting them boys on the side. And then they start breaking tackles. Then they break some big plays. So patience with the run game has always been, you know, a staple of this offense that, oh, we always knew at some point, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt going to break one. And what we did was we took it out of their hands so that you can't put a running back in the game and say, you're going to have 12 to 15 carries. You better do something with it, or we're going to go away from the run. You can't do that. I remember, and, and you can attest to this, Mike. Bill Cowher did not care about yards per rush. He cared about number of rushes. Number of rushes is what determined who was dominating the line of scrimmage. So he had, uh, who was the guy? Barry, um, oh, I can't. Barry Foster, Barry Foster would have 35 carries for 100 yards, and Bill Carr would say, great day. You see what I'm saying? So the the, the fact that we don't even go there. 
Right, exactly. And right. and it's not like you asking a coach or an offense to commit to something they're not good at. Hey, Browns Nation, it's Frank Stams here from In the Dog Pound Podcast. 33rdteam.com is your must-follow for everything going on in the NFL today with videos and analysis from current players as well as former players, coaches, and NFL execs. It will change the way you see the game. Plus, you can use The Edge, football's most powerful and informative interactive tool to guide all your fantasy decisions and wages. And it's 100% free. Find them online at the 33rd team.com. Hey, green is, yeah, green is apparent. Green, green is everywhere in the NFL. It's on the sidelines with the coaches. It's in right. the huddle. You know, so there's got to be something, some shift of uh, who is the leader. We talked about this at the start of the season, Hanford. You know, well, this wait, team wait, is wait, taking wait, a... wait, before, before we get there, Mike, it, yeah. it, we got Steve Crosby on the line. Okay. And, All right. Uh, that, was, that was a good, good segue you know, you're talking about the rush game, you know, with Belichick taking it away. Does it, you know, I mean, who, t- you know, did, did, did Stefanski abandon it or did uh, 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 Belichick take away? No better person. Uh, ben, if you could bring in Steve Crosby now. Uh, What's his profile? Browns. Okay, huh? there you go. What's his profile? Former? Like us? Yeah. Yeah, former, long time right? NFL uh, running backs, assistant coach Leroy. You got to do the justice, man. Give give him the lowdown on Steve. He was your coach. All I know here, I'm gonna be honest with you. I know Steve used to play for Dallas because he used to tell us Dallas stories. But he coached he coached a long time in the NFL, and at one point he was our offensive coordinator. And 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 he'll tell you as well as anybody else when we went into that room. The conversation started and ended with controlling the line of scrimmage and running right. the football. That's just the way it was. Um, and and we and the Browns have a team that is like that right now. And I'm just curious at Steve, if you look at the numbers and you see a guy that have 12 carries for 56 yards and he leading the league in rushing, you looking at the other offensive coach and say, we got to go back to the run. Have to. <laughs> yeah, Steve. You know, is Steve on the is Bill. he on the podcast? No, he's, he's on. with us. I am. He's with us. We hear his voice. Go ahead, Steve. Welcome. Well, well hey, big I'll Steve. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Let him go. Let him go. You, you bring it, baby. You're live with Leroy, Hanford, Frank, and myself. Go ahead. Uh, let me say, guys, let me say this before Steve else. before. Before Steve come in, let me say this, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but but Leroy, I think the game, and you, I, I think you guys understand this, the flow of the game would dictate whether or not and when you abandon that run. Yes. I mean, because when you look at it, you know, the score and where we was headed, I thought he tried to get back to the run when the game got close again. But still, man, they, Belichick was had. It looked like to me he had people in the box. But but Hamper, so what? So he's daring you to run it. You got the best running game in the league. You got to try it. He's gonna break tackles. How many? He's got the right. most yards after contact. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. It's you know Steve's been waiting well, for us. Let's let let's yeah. bring in longtime NFL coach Steve Crosby. I believe you know Steve was with the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns having a conversation with, I know he was there when I was there under Bill Belichick, but I believe he was there under Marty as well. And he was on that staff when you were playing uh, Hanford. Uh, And, you know, Steve, we were talking about the run game, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the, the, the Browns Patriots, but you know, Chubb, you got the leading ground game in the NFL and your guy gets 15 carries. Uh, Your all pro gets 15 carries. You know, you know, did did Stefanski abandon the run, or did Belichick take it away from him? Well, let me say this to you: uh, being with Bill for five years, or whatever it was, you know, one of the top things he used to always say is that very few offensive coordinators in the league have the patience to keep running the ball. 
if we can stop him from running two or three times, I'd probably abandon it and go to something else. And he was a firm believer that you wouldn't run the same run more than once or twice the whole game. So that was his philosophy uh, going into the game in terms of stopping the run. Mine, as an offensive supporter, was just the opposite. I'm going to try to pound your ass until you quit. And and the only time I'm going to not do that is if you get eight, nine people up around the line, line of scrimmage, and I'm going to try to throw one over the top of you. So you know, there was two things. The thoughts behind that was to shorten the game by controlling the clock with the running game and then taking the shots down the field, the big shots, scoring shots at, at, at the appropriate time of the game. Uh, the biggest problem I see in the NFL today with coaching more so than anything is the inability for some of these younger coaching gurus in the league to manage a game. Uh, they don't know when to go for it on fourth down or when to punt it. Uh, just a lot of stuff, time out, when to take them, when not to take them. I see a lot of this stuff going on every week. And it's all over the league with these young coaches. They're going to go for it every fourth down regardless. Well, I can tell you right now, the guy in the Super Bowl last year lost the Super Bowl on the first series of the game when he went down the field fourth and two at the midfield. And he's going to go for it, and they didn't make it, and it's 7 nothing. And and basically, for all intents, first, that game was over. So, I think uh, – So, Steve, let me ask you a fans. question. Let him yes, finish, sir. man. Go ahead. That's okay. Well, I was going to ask you, so what's what's leading these guys to go for it on fourth down? I mean, do they just think they're smarter than everybody else, or is it, a, is it, is it analytics? They got a bunch of these bookworm guys that wearing thick glasses that don't know shit about football <laughs> in, the, in the computer room. In the computer room, coming up with these analytic bullshit. And I, excuse my language, but that's the way I feel about it. No, 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 no. They don't no. have it. You're in the dog. The computer do not understand. The computer does not understand what's going on in a game. They don't know what the score is. They don't know anything. But yeah, I mean, at some point you got to know. At some point you got to know what your players can and can't do. A book can't tell you that. You win them every day. Exactly. So if you got a run game that ain't run for social distancing all year, and you get to fourth and one, and you try to hand it off to your running back, and he ain't done it all year. The book may say go for it, but your ass know he ain't going to get that yard. Well, I'll tell you this. It's just like and, and Steve, Steve, is, Steve is exactly right. I mean, I, I wish I would have when we played him. You remember when when he went for it? What was they on their own, uh, what, 29 or 39-yard line? And he said he was going to go. I mean, I'm like, have you lost your damn mind? I mean, I wish somebody would have been in my ear if I was the head coach telling me to go for it. I, I'd have been like you, Steve. You go to hell. I know what I'm gonna do with this ball. I'm gonna go punt it. <laughs> the, the the other thing, the other thing is the other thing is this is that what people don't realize is this. If you stick with the run, even if it don't work, and and guys start creeping up, when you roll out Jacoby Brissett, there's no double coverage. There ain't no way in hell they should have been able to double cover him if you ran the ball enough. And that's the part that he gave up on the run so quick that the Patriots were able to just go back to doing what they were doing and then double certain receivers or roll the coverage to where the rollout was going. Then they didn't even have to worry about the run. So it just got to a point where you put yourself in a bind offensively that now. You're up against it on every play because you don't know what to do because you haven't stayed true to who you are. Steve, let me ask you a question. I know you're you 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 stay close to the game still. I I'm I'm I, you know I'm confident you're still watching the games. I don't know how much chance you've had to watch the Browns this year, but there's been a lot of criticism of Stan Stefanski of not you know running the ball more. If you had you know, uh, a week to spend with Stefanski or say maybe a couple of hours, what what would you tell him? You know, being the, the old pro and the experienced uh, running backs coach and longtime NFL coach that you've been, what 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 would you try to help the, the, the young guy out with? 
everything in this game is about situations. And every situation is different, whether it be time-wise or down-wise or whatever it is, or what the offense has done or what they haven't done. You know, if they haven't made any yards running or if they've made yards running, there's all these situations that come up. And you have to be, as a coach, be able to handle that situation based on the information you have that's going on during the game. And like I said before, a computer can't tell you that. And there's many, many examples of, you know, hey, if I've got the ball at midfield as fourth and two, and I know that their offense hadn't made a first down all day or hadn't hadn't been able to move the ball, I'm going to put them down inside the two-yard line, and I'm going to make them throw the ball down there, but something they don't want to do, and I'm going to force them to punt it back to me in, in a better field position deal where I can keep going. So it's all about field position, and that field position thing is all about the decisions that you make during the game, whether to punt it, whether to go for it, or whatever you want to do. But you got to understand what the situations are in the game. And uh, it all comes from preparation and, and then, then, again, what's going on in the game? How's the game going? And Ernie, Ad- and Ernie Adams up in the press box. <laughs> right. Well, Steve, one, one more. I'll give you this. Yeah, there's a good story. Go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say that there's more to that story than you'll ever know. <laughs> well, <exactly. laughs> there's a reason why you're on the show, Steve, not to just talk about football. This is Leroy Horde. The 3013.com is your must follow for everything going on in the NFL today with videos and analysis from current players as well as former players, coaches, and NFL execs. It will change the way you see the game, plus you can use the Edge, football's most powerful and informative interactive tool to guide all your fantasy decisions and wages. And it's 100% free. Find them online at the33rdteam.com. But I want to ask another football question, and then I want to get into the stories about, you know, who did more talking in the, the uh, coaches meeting you or Leroy and things like that. Um, so we've been talking about it all, all season. I mean, the, 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 the trend in the NFL now, and, and you hit, you hit, you, you hit it right on the head, but you know, you don't need me to tell you that the trend is you, you know, these Ivy league coaches or these young, young coaches, that think they, you know, they go in and talk to these owners and they've got to lay it all out and make it a scientific formula. And it's just not a scientific formula. And if it was a scientific formula, somebody would have figured it out a long time ago. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, uh, you know, we love that. I personally love that perspective. But, you know, how, you know, I what's mean, the question? What's the question? question? <laughs> yeah, Maya's asked us that good. Yeah, you're right. I'm getting. I, you know, how is the, I mean, the game changes. I mean, what are your, what's your comments on, on the game and how it is today? You know, it's a, it's a completely different game. I almost want to say. Well, it's a completely different game for all the wrong reasons. And, Uh-oh. you know, I, I, I sat there and I watched these games and I watched these offenses open up both sides of the formation, two short corners. And you got these damn speed rushers that run about four, four, coming off the smoking their ass off the edge, killing the quarterback or forcing them to run or forcing them to throw, make a bad throw. And, uh, you know, there's a little thing, and Leroy remember this little thing about chipping the defensive end a little bit, you know, and having the tight end there and let him do a little chipping and helping because if the quarterback, if you've got a good one, if you give him a little bit of time, he's going to throw the ball and you're going you're gonna to complete some passes. But I, I, I continually see this stuff going empty out of the backfield. And there's nobody back there to help anybody block. And they're putting five on five. And the quarterback, by the time he gets on the second step, he's on his ass. So that kind of stuff is crazy to me. I mean, I, I don't understand hey, why anybody would want to put their players. To, in to that, your in point, that, Steve, you, know, in that you remember the time we played, we played Philadelphia Eagles with Reggie White. And my job, uh-huh. the whole game, whatever my route was, was to line up behind the center, locate Reggie White, and go in motion to that side and chip him and then run my route for a whole football game. Exactly. <coughs> a whole yep. football game. And who, How'd that go? And who won the game? Did good. Huh? Who won the game? 
<laughs> well, we lost you because remember, you remember who because won the game? Uh, Webster Slaughter caught a punt on the one yard line and fumbled, <laughs> and and they got the ball on the two. But I, my hope, I played a whole football game, and my only responsibility <laughs> was chip Reggie White and go Check into the flat. Check That's it. Out. it. Because they didn't want Reggie White. That's, because, that's, what the game. that's what I'm talking about, though. Going right. into the game with a plan, take away their best players, neutralize those guys, and give yourself a chance to, to win the game. As I recall, we went into Philadelphia and beat the dog out of Philadelphia one Oh, when we went there, when yeah. Ryan was there. And that was the game I was thinking about when they had Reggie White and all that. But, you know. Right. I was thinking, I was thinking of the one that we, when we played them in, um, in Cleveland. But when we beat, we played them in, uh, we played them in in um, in Philadelphia. We killed, destroyed them. Same concept. That's it. We always identify. And here's the thing: the first meeting of the week, the first meeting of the week, each coach would get up there and identify the threat. And our game plan every week was: let's make sure we know where these guys are. And so they can't beat us. Now, what's happening to the Browns is this. They got those pass rushes. And instead of people chipping them, basically what they're doing is letting them go and running it up the gut because you ain't got no pressure up the middle. Yeah, because you're starting to see the quarterback. All he's doing is stepping up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. So, so at that point, why not run some games? Why not run outside? Why not? Why not move? Uh, Miles Garrett around, like it's okay. It's okay like to Reggie move White. around. Reggie White lined up on the nose. Right, on the nose. That a gap pressure is the most vital. Steve, attest to this. That's why Leroy had to line up in the backfield and find out where the pressure was. A gap pressure really puts the fear in the quarterback. Would you agree, Steve? Yeah, it's, we, it's tough. When we played Very against Buddy Ryan and he ran that bear defense, <laughs> and they would bring a linebacker <laughs> up. Uh, I'm just telling you, they would bring All that right. linebacker up in the A-gap. And, and guess what? We wave our hands, and that was it. But you take care of that. We, All right, let me do a let me do a station ID. Can you guys hear me? It's my phone. Yes. Like, All right. Hi, this is Eric Metcalf. The 33rdteam.com is your must follow for everything going on in the NFL today. With videos and analysis from current players, as well as former players, coaches, and NFL execs. It will change the way you see the game. Plus, you can use the Edge, football's most powerful and informative interactive tool to guide all your fantasy decisions and waivers. And it's 100% free. Find them online at the33rdteam.com. So, you, Browns Nation, you're in the dog pile. Love the Frank hat. Stamps, Hanford Dixon, Mike Tomzak, Leroy Horde tonight. Eric Metcalf's on the golf course in Houston somewhere. And we've got a special guest tonight in Steve Kent Crosby. And I'm looking at him now. And Stevie, you know, as a player, you never appreciate the coaches and the shit that they've been through in their life and everything. And, bro, my respect for you just went up so much more <laughs> so you started your career as a new york giant in 1974 and finished your has here in 76 if my eyes don't deceive me then as a coach with the dolphins that's right atlanta the browns in 85 talk about being in the dog pound atlanta <laughs> new england patriots in 90 and then back to the browns in 91 to 95 all right then you finish your career with philadelphia and then in the college ranks but in, how about this one, fellas? In 2000 and what was it, Steve? 2007 NFL Special Teams Coach of the Year with the Chargers, bro. Thank you for being on the phone. We got, we want to talk some more, but just had to do a little ID there. So, Steve, <laughs> what was Leroy? What was Leroy like as a, as a as a running back or a person? Leroy no. was Leroy was an out, outstanding running back, and uh, he was a what, smart what guy. What was his strength? Uh, what was know, his strength? Let, let him answer the question. To, I'm not trying to. He's a he was a good player. He was a smart guy. Uh, he liked to talk. 
And every now and then you had to tell him, hey, Leroy, <clears throat> zip it. But other than that, you know, I had no problems with that guy, and, and I really liked him. And uh, I, I liked all the players we had at Cleveland. We, we had some really had good room. players, and I really liked them. And I even liked old Hanford Dixon over the old, old top dog when he was playing there in 85. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thank you. See, Frank, hey, the only thing about Hanford. I talked to Steve, and he says, you know, I was there when Hanford was that's there. Right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You, you know there. what's funny? You know, Let me tell you what this man thought of me. Let me tell you what Steve Crosby thought of me. I ain't seen this dude in like 20 years. And I seen him at... At uh at the golf tournament where I saw you, Frank. Right. And Howie in the Hills, Florida. And he looked up, hey Leroy, what's up? I said, What's up, Steve? He said, I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> he was just telling the truth, Leroy. Leroy, you've done a great job. You've done a great job. The only thing I want to say about Hanford Dixon is he, to yeah. me, was one of the top corners in the league for a long time. And I always wanted to ask somebody over on the defense this question because it always befuddled me. Is we go down to Miami in a playoff game in 80, uh, January of 86, and we're kicking the shit out of Miami. It's 21 to nothing at halftime. They can't, Marino can't complete a pass against Manyfield or Dixon. Either one of them, they're all over them, bumping them. And we go out in the second half, and they're playing off, and they're playing zone. What the hell's up with that, Hanford? Uh, it, it, you know what, Steve? You're exactly right. It was the damnedest thing <laughs> that, 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 you know, it's crazy. I mean, it was hot that day, too, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, we were in yes, Miami. Yes, hell down there. Yeah, and we got Marino, and I'm telling you, me and Minnie is just kicking ass. But still, pretty much that day, I think Duper, we had Duper Clayton that we were dealing with. Yep. Uh, on the outside. And man, all of a sudden, it's just like we just, we had shit that was working. What the hell? We want to back yep. up off of them. But they leave like, well enough yeah, alone. That's football, man. Uh, and we end up yeah. losing that goddamn game. Yeah, we should have never lost it. We rushed the ball, never. Leroy, for 276 yards. Yep. Uh, Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack. Guess what? It sounded like Kermit Brown. We had a run. That's, that's a good. That's not like current day Browns run the ball for two hundred yards and lose. Yeah, yeah. Ernest Spiner, yeah, well. Ernest Spiner, and Kevin Mack. How do they compare to what what's going on in Cleveland right now with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? Doesn't Nick Chubb run like like Ernest Spiner? I think they're very similar. Uh, Hunt and Biner mm -hmm. and, and Mack and uh, and uh, the the big Ernest. boy. What's his name? Eb. Huh? Oh, Kareem. No, guys running, running Nick Chubb. Now back Nick Chubb. Yeah, I think Chubb, uh, I, although I think Mac may, he might have been faster than Chubb. I'm not sure how fast Chubb is. But uh, those that, that's a very comparable situation there in, in terms of the personnel and the running back, I think. And uh, absolutely, we had two guys that rushed, both rushed for over 1,000 yards that year was was Kevin and, uh, and Ernest. Yes, we did. And I don't know yes. if it's been done again since then or not. Was it, didn't um, Rathman and. Um, I don't think so, Leroy, did they? they? I think they did. and But I don't know if it was before or after. See what I'm saying? But I think Rathman and um, who's the other running back? Roger Craig. Roger Craig did it. Big Mike. <laughs> Hey, yeah, Steve, I, I want to ask you a question. What, what year were you the offensive coordinator? Because I do remember vividly that in 1992 when I joined the organization and I got a chance to become the starter, uh, I didn't know who the offensive coordinator was. And you were the first guy I looked at and I said, who in the frick is the offensive coordinator here? He goes, well, I am. Well, and I love well, that nobody you. was. Uh, I, I know, but in, I, in you, 91, you took accountability. Though. <laughs> in 91... In 92, and halfway through 93, Bill and Ernie ran the offense. And we Ernie were Adams? in Seattle. Yeah. We were in Seattle um, that year. It was about the seventh game, and we absolutely got murdered. This is a true story. We got murdered in the game. 
And uh, I'm the running back. I'm sitting in the last row of first class. I'm sitting on the plane. I'm going through the play-by-play, getting ready to take the film off, you know, do all stuff. And here comes Ozzie Newsom and uh, somebody else. I think it might have been Paul Warfield. They're getting on the plane, and they walk by me, and Ozzie looks at me, and he says, you got to get our ass out of this shit. We're all going to get fired. <laughs> I'm looking up, and I'm going, me? i got to get us out of this shit. <laughs> so what happened was, we got back to Cleveland late, late, and early in the morning, and I get into my office about 5.30, and my light on my phone is blinking, going off and on. I pick it up. It's Art Modell, and he says, Coach Crosby, uh, we're down in my office meeting. You need to get down there right away. Uh, come as soon as you get in and get this message. I'm thinking, oh, shit. I know what's going on. They're going to fire my ass. Don't blame me for all this shit. Right, right. Bring your playbook. Bring your playbook. I went down there, there and uh, I walked in, and there was about 20 people in Art's office, you know, from all the money people to the personnel people, all of them. Ernie, of course. I know it wasn't Art. Yeah, Ernie, of course. Anyway, Art tells me to sit down. Bill's in there. Bottle check. And Art says, ah. From now on, as of today, you are the offensive coordinator. And, Bill, (laughs) you are out of the offense. You have nothing to say about the offense. And he looked at me and he said, and if he comes in and tries to interfere with you, Steve, you let me know. And I'm going, what the fuck is this? I mean, excuse me, what is this? And anyway, so I ended up doing the last part of 93, and the crazy thing about it was is that Art says, you're going to call the plays. You're going to do the offense. He says, but can't nobody know it. He says, the media can't know what? it. Can't nobody know who's doing it. That's why I'm I asked. It was a secret to me. Who did he want the media to know was, was calling was, the play? Well, the, two, that, the whole thing was twofold. One, if it didn't work, I was going to get the blame for it all. Two, if it did work, and I was going to save Bill's ass. So, they had a two-fold deal. But anyway, we go through, and all of a sudden, we go from like 28th in the league in offense to like 14th about five weeks later. And uh, we're playing in the Rams out in L.A. And Leroy will probably remember this. And uh, Benny Testaverde hits 27 straight passes in a row. He sets an all-time yeah. record pass the football. Oh. And uh, we beat the Rams. We beat them like 34 to 10, something like that. Anyway, well, after the game, I walk in the locker room, and the people are all around Denny's locker, you know, the media and all that shit, and they're, and they're talking to him about the consecutive passes. And one of the reporters, I forget who it says, uh, oh, Vinny, who the hell's calling the play? He said, uh, <laughs> this is entirely different than it was the first five or six or seven weeks of the season. And Vinny says, oh. Coach Crosby, you've been doing it for about eight weeks. Y'all didn't know that? And I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm in trouble now. Oh, Benny, thanks. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> if you remember right, when you went out to play the Rams in Anaheim, you had to go across the field to get to the locker rooms. And, and then on the way back, you had to go across to get the bus. So I got the hell out of there, and I'm going across the field. And I got Chris Collinsworth catching my ass. <laughs> stop, stop, I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk I gotta talk to you. I said, uh, no, I, I ain't got time, Chris. I gotta go. <laughs> anyway, so that actually happened. And uh then when it was all over and we were in the playoffs. I think we were in the playoffs or maybe we maybe we just missed it. But anyway It was the following year. Bill ninety four. Yeah, Bill says he, Bill says, you want to go to the senior bowl? I'm going to the senior bowl. He says, nobody's going. He says, but you and Saban. And I said, I ain't going. I'm going down to Texas. I'm going down to play golf, and I'm going to relax. I'm going to get away from this madhouse down there, crazy people down there. And I said, I'll be back at the end of the week. That's, that's okay. He said, yeah, that's fine. Well, he gets me a call on Wednesday. I've been home. I've been out two days. He gives me a call on Wednesday from uh, Mobile, and he says, hey, you better get back up to uh, Cleveland. Art's fixing to name you offensive coordinator tomorrow. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I, wait a minute. I said, that, you know. Anyway. Well, so I you had to, to have an announcement for something you've been doing for two months. Two yeah. months, probably so two I, years. I, yeah. I, I, come, I come to find out later that the reason he makes that phone call is because the San Diego Chargers, who had just hired Bobby Ross, and Bobby Beathard, yeah. I worked with Bobby in Miami, had and called the Browns. And they, yeah, yeah. They didn't, yeah. You. they didn't want to lose you. Well, yeah, I tell what you what, even the thing that you have to understand about our offense back then was as, as much as everything was focused and centered around the run back in those days, we had so many different formations with running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, and, and we mixed it up, but we ran the same plays. And I don't see a yeah, lot of exactly. that now. I don't see a lot of that now. Yeah. I don't see a lot of, listen, to a defense, it looked like we were running 200 different plays, and then our playbook is five plays. And and they don't do well, that you know, anymore. They think they have to trick the defense. Leroy, to go along with what you're saying, we went to play Kansas City that year. Remember, we went into Kansas City and played them down in Kansas City. And uh, that week on Monday, Marty Schottenheimer was having his press conference in Kansas City. And I remember because somebody from the other side of the building came down and said, oh, you guys got to see this. And he said, these guys are impossible to defend. He says, our guys taking the film, I says, I think they're in 200 different offensive formations. <laughs> <laughs> that was his And comment. then think about this. And then twice a year, I played slot receiver. So when we played yep. Houston, right. because they didn't want Lamar Lathan rushing the passer and he couldn't cover. So they just put me in the slot and he would widen out and I would have 10, 11 catches every time we play you because he couldn't cover nobody. Oh, it's right. Working with what you have. This is Ham Prediction. The 33rdteam.com is your must follow for everything going on in the NFL today with videos and analysis from current players, as well as former players, coaches, and NFL executives. It will change the way you see the game. Plus, you can use the Edge, football's most powerful, informative, and interactive tool to guide all your fantasy decisions and wagers. And it's 100% free. Find them online at 33rdteam.com. Gentlemen, if I could just intervene here, you know, we talked about a number of things, but Steve had some good points about, you know, analytics. We talked about this 2022 football season, but the, the basic formula for these teams is how do you not beat yourself? And we've seen that the Browns, you know, sitting at two and four, the only two games they won, one on a field goal and one they beat the Steelers by, you know, two touch, you know, 14 plus points. And everything else, they could have won those games. So how do you not beat yourself? It's going to be whoever wins the AFC North. Would you agree, Hanford? Yeah, and, and this analytics is just, uh, and Steve is, is, is exactly right. This analytics has gone way too far. And, and Steve, I still um, talk to Ozzy pretty much every day. Me and Ozzy are still best friends. And uh, Good guy. You know, yeah, good guy. And I'll tell you a funny story. You know, I told him, I said, well, you don't have to talk. You just listen. <laughs> I said, if Harbaugh lost his goddamn mind, <laughs> Steve, you know what I'm saying? Said, fourth down? Yeah. Fourth down? Has Harbaugh lost his goddamn mind? Is that the craziest thing in the world? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, a lot but, of coaches have. You know, the, yeah. right? Next time right. you talk to Hanford, next yeah. time you talk to Ozzy, Ozzy don't know this, but in uh, 1991, when Bill and all of us came into Cleveland, okay, uh, one of the first guys that Art Modell told Bill, he said, you ought to think about keeping is a guy named Ozzy Newsom. Put uh -huh. him into scouting, put him into that part of the deal. Uh -huh. So the only guy that knew anything about Ozzy Newsom that was coming on that staff was me. Because uh -huh. I had coached Ozzy in 85. Right. And I loved Ozzy. Right. So Bill asked me, he says, hey, you know Ozzy Newsom? I said, I know him very well, coach. I coached him. He says, what do you think of him? I said, well, what do you plan on, what do you want to do? He says, well, 
Modell wants me to keep him on the staff here and all that. And I said, we keep him. If he wants, you got to keep him. I said, because the guy is a solid guy. He's a smart guy. He's played the game. He's got all the intangible stuff you want. And if he's going into scouting, he'd be great. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, mm-hmm. I don't know that, but um, I did do well, that. I get- and well, I guarantee, I guarantee he's going to know it in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had a table of your so, talk about so, the problems, didn't you? So, you had a table so, your talk. So next time it. he talks to you, he'll see you, Steve. He's going to mention it, I guarantee you. <laughs> hey, let, yeah. let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this. Are you still trying to figure out what the Browns' offensive and defensive, you know, Philosophy identity. is no, and I'm not. The Browns, the Browns aren't that good. They they are what they are. They are what their record but, is. But but here, there's a rule, and and Steve can attest to this. Steve, how many times did you go into a, a huddle during the game and say these words? If we can't protect them with five, we bring six. If we can't protect them with six, we'll keep seven. But you know you ain't going to have that many guys in the route, so you better start protecting. And it just seems like, as far as defense, at what point do you are you going to see you're not getting the pressure you need up the middle and change it up a little bit? Offensively, at what point are you going to see, hey, this is what's working, let's keep doing it until it doesn't. You're not fooling anybody. And for some reason, on defense, they rely on those outside guys. They have some issues in the secondary. They rely on those outside guys to get after the quarterback. They're getting chipped. They're getting doubled. And they're not trying to bring any additional pressure. And when they do, they put pressure on the quarterback and stop drives. Let me – okay, let me, yeah. let me ask Steve this question. Steve. Leroy's talking about the physical, in my opinion, Leroy's talking about the physical play. How much of the Browns' problem is off the field or how much of a, a problem uh, is, is off the field shit, like guys flipping their Porsches on 18 going 100 miles an hour and, you know, you know things like that, things that guys won't, that, that don't take responsibility for in the locker room. Anyways, that's my question. Well, first of all, um, what you're talking about happens on almost every team. Right. Every team I've ever been on, that, that kind of stuff happens. So right. that stuff's going to happen at a certain point. Here's the key, though, I think. And I learned this from Coach Shule in Miami. If he had a player that had a problem like that or creating a little bit of a problem, he went to his council, and he always had a council of players. And there was like a uh, board. Leader. Those yeah. And he'd go to the board and he'd say, all right, you five guys that are on the board here are captains and leaders. Take care of this guy. You either take care of him or we'll get rid of him. Yeah, they'll take care of him. And, and, and I'll tell you what, the players are the best people. The players are the best people to, to uh, do that themselves. on your team. We did yeah, right on San Diego. With Ladanian Tomlinson and all those guys we had, uh, Antonio Gates and Drew Brees and all those guys we had, and Sean Merriman. Man, they didn't take no crap. Quentin Jammer. They, they were all on that board, and they got every player in the line. You got a line, they put them on. And that's the best, that's the best way to do it. Hello, this is Mike Tomczak. The 33rdteam.com is your must-follow for everything going on in the NFL today with videos and analysis from current players as well as former players, coaches, and NFL executives. It will change the way you see the game. Plus, you can use The Edge, football's most powerful and informative and innovative tool to guide you on your fantasy decisions and wagers. And it's 100% free. Find them online at 33rdteam.com. Go ahead, Hanford. I think we're all familiar with that, right, Hanford? You you guys policed your locker room for many yeah, yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, we did, and, and I, I agree with it. And, and it didn't. You know, one thing I'll say about it: it didn't matter who the hell the player was. I mean, if you are out right. around, if you out of line, hey, you get called out on it. 
I mean, you get, and that's the way yeah. it is. But you know what, Hanford, back then, if you were accountable to your teammates, and if you got called out, nobody would take it personal, right? You knew yeah. you were doing wrong. Absolutely. Had, I had to be put in check. Yeah. We all sometimes things happen. You got to be put in check. And you trust the guys, the veterans around you that have been through it to get you in that right place. That's right. But now everybody's so damn sensitive that if you ask somebody to be accountable for their actions, they immediately have a response that takes it off of them and put it on somebody else. So it's much harder to hold people accountable. And it's not just in sports, it's everywhere. It's a lot harder to hold people accountable. Well, let me tell you why I don't think it's much harder. I I, I, I think you can yeah, still do I'm, it today. I'm with you, Hanford. Yeah, I, I don't think it's much harder. I think you can still do it today, even though the players are uh, making a lot more money uh, today than it did then. But the guys that are on that committee are making a lot, a lot of goddamn money too. And uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's no difference. You can hold them son of a bitches in check today, just like we did then. But and that's why you're, dog, and that's why do. you're in the dog pound. That's why we're in the dog pound talking serious shit. Way to go, Top Dog. <laughs> Crosby, we appreciate you. Right. Leroy, Horde's in the house. Frank Stab's in the house. And we're talking shit. We appreciate your time, Steve. And we're going we're gonna to carry on this next segment. We got some picks to make and everything. We wish you good health and happiness. Have a great holiday. And hopefully we'll catch up to you here in the near future. Hey, hey Steve, you got, we're, we're going to end the show. Uh, you you got to promise to come back. Tell some more Thanks, stories. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Yeah, man. I will. And I'll tell you what, I appreciate all you guys and everything you've done in your careers. And they were outstanding careers and you're outstanding guys. And uh, it's just been, you know, just an honor to be around you and coach you and be around you guys. And that's not bullshit. That's, that's, that's coming from the heart. Thank you're you. Big all right, Steve. I, Steve, Thank all you. of us Steve. feel the same way about you. But Steve, before you go, you still there? Yes, sir. There you go. Okay. So we always do a pick. Yeah, I'm so here. Cleveland's at Baltimore. Cleveland's at Baltimore. You're the get, get you get a guest pick. Cleveland's at Baltimore, and Baltimore is given six and a, they're a six and a half point favorite, and the over under is forty six and a half. What do you like? Ooh. Well, first of all, I don't understand understand any of that bullshit you just said. You the winner, you lose. Hey, that make two of us. That make two of us, Steve. Who you got? <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I'm going to take okay. Baltimore because I don't you think Harbaugh is going to do anything stupid tw- two weeks in a row. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, that okay. that estimate the stupidity of people. It, Thank you. <laughs> and I don't. And I don't. Uh, I like I like Cleveland, but I don't I don't like uh, the way they're I don't like the way they're headed right now. You understand what right. I mean? And, and and I'll say, and I'll, this is the last thing I'm gonna say, and I don't want to demean anybody, but well, wait know, a sec, no, 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 let him finish, Jesus, what's the uh, go ahead. back? I'm sorry, you, if you ain't got a, if you ain't got a quarterback in this league, you're you're screwed. You're screed. You ain't gonna win. We said that. We, yeah, we said and that. So what's the Andy. what's the fix so, in Cleveland? Huh? What's the fix in Cleveland? What is, what's the in four weeks the pick? Yeah, well, how do you fix? how do you correct the three game losing streak? Well, you just got to hold on until Deshaun get there. No, don't beat yourself. We, well, you you got to make you've got to make you've got to make sure in your preparation from week to week that all bases are covered. You can't have. Uh, you can't get out coached. That's what I'm trying to say. So, you, and that's the thing that strength we had with Belichick for five years. We we never still never we never got out coached. We might have got out played sometimes. We never got coached. We always tried to put everybody in the right position, right time to do the right thing. And you know, every every now and then you're going to have a matchup that's going to create problems. But uh, to me, if you prepare those players right to go in there and they got the right frame of mind. And they're convinced that they have a chance to win. They're probably going to win, and that's a lot to do with it. Hanford, I know Hanford knows that because I, I know how damn there was nobody Hanford didn't think he could cover. That's right. The that's same right. way with Frank and, Manny, Frank Manny They didn't say there was anybody they think they covered. 
that's the mindset. That's the mindset you've got to have with your players. And then you got to put them in position of their strength, which was Hanford's was bump and run. And, you know, we won. And, Steve, you know what I always used to say, and I'll say this and, and let you go. I always used to say that, and you're exactly right, the, the half of it is believing you can win. And I used to say if you believe you can win, you usually find a way to win. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right, and, Frank, you know, you, baby. I, 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 <laughs> okay. Last time I'm going to say this is when you go into a place and they haven't been winning, you got to change the culture. That's right. And when the culture Amen, changes, brother. they're going to win. Amen. So, hey, thanks, Steve. I can take that for what it's worth. Thank you, Steve. Guys, I, take care. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. You've got to come back. Okay. Okay. It finally All hit right. me. I will. It finally hit good. me. What's that? It finally hit me. You know, at this hour, I know we're getting ready to close the show out and everything, but you know, we, we got a dude here. We got a dude here named Stump Mitchell. That's a bad man motivator. We got a man named Bill Callahan. That's supposed to be a pretty good offensive line coach. And they can't convey their message throughout the course of the week to stick with running the football. It just behooves me. It's, it's not who's right. It's what's right. And I think mm -hmm. ego is getting away in these meetings. I've been in college hey. meeting rooms. I've been in staff Frank, meeting rooms. Frank, get guys. your best in. You know, that's what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying? Down to those two. Hey, go ahead, Leroy. What's the first on, thing a coach tell you? Slow down. Slow when down. you go to a new team and there's a new head coach, <laughs> the first thing he yeah. says when he come in that room to all the players, Leave your ego at the door. Leave it at the door. It's about the team. And I'll be damned if you don't look back at them coaches and they ain't a whole bunch of egos just sitting up there, you know, because they they want to be the guy. They want to be the reason. They want to out-coach, you know, instead of just playing football. I hope that's hey, how about I really How do. about the old-time remedy that all those teams should have on is, is he talked about under uh, Shula, that players council. And that really is a remedy for a lot of shit. But I tell you what, it, 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 you know what it does also? It takes some of the pressure of the day-to-day -day stuff off of the coach. Because if he trusts a group of veterans to handle a business, all he got to do is tell them, hey, handle this. Yeah, And he trusts that they do. That's one thing off of his plate. But I'm telling you, I know something's up, and Mike, and, and, and you can attest to this. When it's third and one, and you see the coach looking at a play sheet and flipping the page, you know damn well he ain't going to do the right thing. <laughs> right? It ain't that hard. That's when I look at my helmet. I point to my helmet and say, I can't hear the play through the speaker. Right. It's not working. We're going to run the freaking ball. Right. Hey, hey, how about the fourth and one play? When, when Jacoby Sideways. Only, uh, yeah, but, but the, the mark before that was horse shit. Yeah. You know, Deficiating that game. We can go back and everything. I know it's tail end, but i tell you what I do. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. Mr. York is going to outduel Tucker. And the Browns will win by three points. Hey man, I'm taking quit. the Browns. I'm taking the Browns. Hey, back hey, on track. hey, you better quit smoking that stuff you smoking, man. Hey, don't sm I don't hey, smoke that stuff. Can I just say this? Can I just say this? And mushrooms. Here's why. Here's why I'm taking the Browns. Because I know that at some point in the game, Harbaugh gonna do something crazy. So so it's the fast <laughs> <laughs> And who's going to do it first? That's, that's uh, I mean, I mean. How about I, you, Hanford? You, who do you like, Hanford? I'm, I'm going with the Ravens, man. I, they're, they're playing at home. Uh, you know, I've been going with the Browns, man, every game. Every game. And I just and, – and I'm looking – I'm also looking at the way the Ravens are losing, too. And I, I just can't see us beating them. I just can't see – not with uh, not with uh, Jacoby Brissett. Lamar? Oh, yeah, right. I mean, how about you, Frankie the Greek? Frankie the I Greek? I think. What's your record? Uh, What's your I, record? I, I think I agree with Steve Crosby. The Browns are going the wrong way for a little while, and um, and even though the Ravens did lose, just lose in New York, and they did not play well up there. In fact, Lamar Jackson did not play well in the game. He's he had said so. I still like the Ravens at home minus the six and a half. Well, and I'll tell you this: even with the Ravens. Um, 
uh, losing that game and Lamar playing the way he played, I mean, guys, they had the ball. I think it was like three minutes to go. Mm-hmm. On fourth down, they had fourth and like inches. They going for it. Got the fourth down. Know what happened? Had a penalty. Uh, illegal formation. Came back. Fourth and five. Harbaugh went for it again. And the center hikes the ball over Lamar's head. I mean, just stupid so, stuff. Just a couple to your point, uh, Hanford. I looked at, you know, that game too. Four, they got 400 yards of offense in that yeah. game. And that's, that's a lot of production. And they had four sacks, too. So that's not really – I mean, those are two huge big stats uh, to me as far as, how, you know, if a team's playing well, they're just not winning. The Browns are not winning, and they're not playing well. Right. Right. Well, it's a division game, guys. You know what happens there. You lace them up a little tighter. You snap it on a little tighter. And you play for 60 minutes. We'll see what happens. You got it. You got it, right. big dog. Well, guys, another hey, good show. You, hey, you're it's in the dog pound. We're Frank, signing off. We QB's out. Leroy Howard's out. Hanford Dixon's out. Frank Stanton's <laughs> out. Thank you, Steve Crosby, for joining us. Eric Metcalf, hope you go two under in your golf round. We'll see you soon, <laughs> Browns fans. Thank you. This is the top dog, Hanford Dixon. You are now in the dog pound with me and my dogs. Eric Metcalf, Frank Stams, Leroy Horde, and Mike Tomczak.